0: We don't care for something,
1: something from Lord Latimore Volk, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Yes, my master. Get involved in the conversation at milehighreport.com. Ah! In-com-plete. That's right, this is... Something Something Broncos with Lori Lennimore-Volkman, Jess Place, and Tim Lynch. Brought to you by Lori's disdain for the Oxford comma. We're starting today's show off with Pro Bowl announcements that just came out. Philip Lindsay, first undrafted offensive rookie to ever make the Pro Bowl. And Von Miller. (laughs) Woohoo! Tim, how do you feel about it?
0: Yeah, Von Miller is now fourth on the all time Broncos list for Pro Bowl selections behind John Elway, Steve Atwar, and Champ Bailey. That's a pretty elite company.
2: That's a good list.
0: Yes, it is. And he is clearly on that pantheon of greats at this point in his career. So I'm I'm happy with it, you know. Six six and eight, tough season. Uh two two Pro Bowlers is you know, right, right where it's probably realistic expectations to be for a non-playoff team, and then Bradley Chubb being an alternate, you'll you'll probably see him playing in this game. I think so. Seeing Von Miller, Chubb, and and Philip Lindsay, those are really the the three stars of of our season. So I'm happy. I'm happy with these selections.
2: Yeah, I think it shows that our our team really did have a lot of talent. It's nice that in a year that's been rather dismal and is certainly not ending the way we'd like. To see our all-pro Von Miller come through like we expected him to, and then to see the shining star Philip Lindsay—that's it's a huge honor to have a rookie and an undrafted one at that be in the Pro Bowl. It just proves that a lot of people around the league recognize how much he means to the to this team, and and really how good he actually is.
1: I'm such a Philip Lindsay fan. I just like good for him. Like way to go. Like. In such a terrible season, it, it's so nice to have like this this little diamond in the rough, you know. And it's it's like such a callback to what made the Broncos so great, like during the the John Elway years, and then shortly thereafter with with Mike Anderson and Ruben Drones and uh, uh, not Tatum Bell, uh, but um, but it's it's so nice to see that. That there's a guy, and everybody overlooked him, and here he comes, just just storming out of the gate, and and it, it, he's going to the Pro Bowl, the first offensive rookie to do so. Like that's that's pretty awesome.
0: It also helps that he grew up a Broncos fan and loves Terrell Davis. So this is like the best story of the 2010s besides Super Bowl wins and all that. But it's pretty cool. To, and I'm a huge underdog fan as well. So this is this is great. I love Philip Lindsay. He's my new favorite player right now have uh, his... him on the
1: podcast, and I would be like, so you like Terrell Davis? I like Terrell Davis. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you like the number 30? I like the number 30. you, you like the Mile High salute? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> but,
2: I but... just love his attitude. I love that they call him Pitbull, because I think it actually fits him really well. And I think there's nothing about him that s- seems... Unlikeable. He's he's a tough player. He's a trash talker. He's fast. He's funny. He'll say what he wants to say. You know, I loved his quote the other day, <laughs> talking to the reporters. Like, they're putting it in the box. You all see it? We got to come up with something better. We got to do something. Like, yeah,
1: we do. I'm surprised <laughs> that I'm not the only person to notice that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody loves a... a small guy who talks a lot of crap but then has it's just fearless so you know when you see something like that on the field where he's just you know he's talking crap with 315 pound dudes that could just basically step on him and break his back you know and he's just
2: doesn't care if they could catch him
0: they they could (laughs) catch him it's like the schoolyard bully and you're the fastest kid on the block you know it's like oh yeah what's up and you're just zooming around getting away from him so I, i love philip Lindsay. he's fun to watch He's I made love, this season more fun.
2: He has. I love that video of him where they, they've made it into a gift now where he's running down the sideline and he gets tackled out of bounds and he like just keeps rolling till he stands up and runs off. And he's like, okay, yeah. see but, you later.
0: Then <laughs> does a moonwalk and yeah, it's, <laughs>
1: like, a backflip. It's the <laughs> best. <laughs> he is everything that Cecil Sapp and uh, Quentin Griffin, uh, we, we hope that they would be if they could run. <laughs>
2: Right. (laughs) It's just what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You remember Uh, Quentin Griffin, right? Yeah. He had had some moments. Yeah. I believe he's a cousin of Warren Sapp without the police record.
2: (laughs) It's an odd comparison to Philip Lindsay,
1: though. No, you're right. You're right. But but smaller runners that, you know, nobody counted out. I mean, granted, you know, they had a whole body of evidence to count them out, unlike Philip Lindsay, but. But, uh, I mean,
0: why wouldn't you use a, like a Glenn Milburn reference here? Oh, I, See, my buddy, confused. my buddy and I,
1: we always called him Butterfingers Milburn because he was <laughs> back there to catch the the the, the kicks. And hey, but, hey, hey!
0: In Tecmo Ball, he was unstoppable. That's <laughs> all oh, yes, yes. And
1: so, with apologies to Butterfingers Milburn, <laughs> you are no Philip Lindsay. I
0: apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Don't apologize. It's just, it's just fact.
1: <laughs> well, all right. So let's move on. Uh, I'm I'm wearing my black veil. I've got a black a black rose on my my my. You know, I've dressed for the occasion. The season is over. 2018 has died a violent death with the Titans' victory over the Giants. Uh, we are no longer in contention for the playoffs, and it makes me very sad. But it's not like we didn't see it coming.
2: Yeah, I think we were basically out of contention when we lost to the 49ers. Even though there was still hope theoretically, but practically it was like, yeah, this team is not winning in the playoffs. It's not even going to get there.
0: Yeah, the wind came out of the sails in that game. And uh, the ship sank the next game, so it's all good.
2: <laughs> That's a really good metaphor.
1: <laughs> but then we got to pick the ship back up and like drag it across the finish line for two more games. Like This isn't going to be pretty. Like I, You've got a coach that... For all intents and purposes, probably should have been fired a couple weeks ago, but he's still there. He's still there, uh, and you got team that really doesn't like him, and they know he's on his way out. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's two more games. Like, like how how do you expect to watch the next two games? Like, what are, how are you going to watch these next two games without pounding your head against the table and just like fantasizing about what could have been?
0: I'm going to blog like vance joseph makes in-game decisions i'm gonna take it nice and easy uh pretend like i didn't see what was happening and just you know move forward
2: radio up to the booth did you guys see that what what do you think should i blog should i not blog okay i won't blog
0: yeah Uh, i'm good (laughs) um
1: well you blog on player i mean you know if
0: yeah yeah that's that's how i'm approaching the next two weeks
2: Ah, uh-huh. you can't do that for the Raiders. I'm approaching the Raiders game like any other Raiders game. It's too bad both teams are kind of crappy. So at least we should be even. You got to beat the Raiders, so you root uh, to beat the Raiders, and you root yeah. hard. <laughs> my,
0: my sister, my sister's coming to visit, and her her boyfriend's a lifelong diehard Raider fan with season tickets. Yeah, we'll get better draft position, you know. And she, she could have fun if, if the Raiders actually, you know, don't suck and, and it screws their draft position. So, I don't know. I'm kind of oh, on the fence on. with this whole winning thing. Oh, that yeah. is
2: terrible. You come can't on. lose yeah, to the I'm Raiders. Can't lose to the Raiders.
0: Let's always beat the Raiders. Always. <laughs> what's what's Vance Joseph's record against the Raiders? Two and one. Probably.
1: Probably not that good. So he's Actually, going to finish five hundred. It's two and one. What?
0: What? He has a winning oh, record. Right. Against we the Raiders.
1: split last year, and uh, we won earlier this year. Yep, You're right. It's two and one.
0: All right. You know what? Vance Joseph could go down as not the worst coach in history if he finishes with a winning record against the Raiders. So.
1: Lori just ah! found the only scenario in which Vance Joseph has a winning record.
0: <laughs> yes, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing.
1: She's like Eureka! I found it. I found, I found maybe it. he's not as bad as we all thought yes he's that bad he's that
0: bad you just bring him in when they play the Raiders and we're good
2: yeah, oh my goodness you know I've been saying that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have fired him prior to the buy and i I wouldn't have fired him you know a couple games after when we were you know we're still losing we hadn't we hadn't won those three great games just because of the bad position it kind of puts the team in and puts the next coach in. But I have to say, I'm going to amend that because given the way players reacted to him after the Browns game, he has lost the locker room. And to me, that is, that's the cancer that you never want to have. And prior to that, I felt like he hadn't lost the locker room. Players were behind him. It was a tough season. They probably knew he wasn't going to be the coach next season, but they're still playing hard. But I think he lost them in that last game. And he lost a lot of fans who were trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, me included. If I were John Elway, I wouldn't actually be afraid to take him out for two games. Not because it does anything to like help the team rebound. But if the players are angry at the head coach right now, the next two games are going to suck for everyone. Even with all the kind of personal accolades they may want to try and reach. So I would take him out now. I would actually fire him just to get Vance Joseph's bad blood out of the locker room.
0: Okay, hats off to a, a-, a- keep to leave for freaking calling it like it is last year. He got shipped out of here for not for quitting on Vance Joseph realizing this team was just not going to go anywhere with him. And you know, hats off. He called it. He knew he knew what was up. I had notes on Vance Joseph's tenure and when I realized it was going bad here um, let me find it. It was like it was pretty profound. Oh, here it is. Uh, Vance Joseph sucks. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Did you find that and circle it?
1: I think you might need that I, later. I
0: almost lost it. It was. I'm just glad I found it. So we're going to
1: need that for the next two weeks.
0: Refer to it after each quarter.
1: So okay. So here's my question. I have a theory. But this is my question. So we know he's dead man walking. The team has already said they don't listen to him. Former players like Akib Tlaib and uh, 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 um, Demarius Thomas, Demarius Thomas, yeah, uh, have have come out and said, you know, they're not about winning over there. It's about something else. Like there's something else going on. Um, why why hasn't Vance been fired? You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It's like for all intents and purposes, like, it's over. Like, why is he sticking around? Like, I don't believe it's the coordinators, like, oh, we can't put the coordinators in, or, oh, like, oh, we're going to lose the team, or we're going to show the world that we have standards for people who coach here for the, you know, for the last uh, 48 years. Because he's, he's he's actually got a worse record than any coach since 1970, Lou Sabin, which yeah is, is depressing. Like, that is really de- – but- like, that is – Way before my
0: time, but um... who, but look look at history though. If you're going to go way back, then just look at history and how often does this franchise make a midseason firing like that? It's it's so rare, and it takes extraordinary circumstances, which we're probably in right now. So I get your point. But you look at Josh McDaniels; he was fired season or in the middle of the season for obvious reasons. He was a jackass, and then. <laughs> You know, Lou Saban, he had the half a loaf game and lost the whole franchise, and he had to be fired in in the middle of the season. So, what has Vance Joseph done other than Elway probably should have made the break last year and not given him another chance? He hasn't really done anything to warrant a midseason firing, other than he's not a good coach. And you know, with in those situations, you wait till the end of the year and you just you move on and you reset the franchise and i think that's what what elway's planning to do and
1: does it real i mean does it really matter at this point it's like you're trying to the stadium is going to be completely empty uh when we play the chargers on on december 30th it's it's not going to be pretty it's embarrassing and it's it, and it's like so why why put why put the franchise through that like we had recent uh developments yesterday uh on monday with uh, with this whole uh, Mike Shanahan was going to come back, and and he was going to bring Kirk Cousins, and Gary Kubiak was going to be the the offensive coordinator, and it was going to be amazing. And then Joe Ellis, the 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 rogue trustee of the Denver Broncos, who is 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 orchestrating the succession plan for ownership, he stepped in and was like, "No, no, 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 absolutely not." So, so I mean, is there something to that? Is there something? To Elway not getting his way and kind of like driving at home and being like you told me no and we got this guy and he's losing and I'm, we're just going to lose out because this is your guy like I almost wonder if that's what's going on like what he, he didn't get God, his I guy. hope so he's like this is your <laughs> this is your guy. Let's God, that see would what be happens.
2: so immature, though. Just like a bunch of kids. <laughs> like I, I, I want... didn't do what I want, so I'm going to be stubborn. <laughs> this is what we're going to all suffer because of it.
0: Yes, I want S to be evil. To wear the little devil horns. <laughs> yes.
2: I feel like, and I felt like last year, it wasn't a bad decision to keep Vance Joseph. It could have gone either way. Like if Elway had said, "We need to move on. I just don't feel like this is working out." I would have been fine with it <laughs> because it was a Very poor season. But we had Trevor Simeon as quarterback. We had a carousel of quarterbacks that were all bad. Vance Joseph walked into this terrible quarterback scenario that, quite honestly, I believe Broncos PR set up with the whole quarterback controversy, quarterback competition. It was almost doomed to fail no matter who was in that position. Giving him a second chance this year to make or break it, I thought was probably the right thing to do and a, and a smart thing to do. And it seemed like even you know even though just two games ago, with the three games in a row that we won, in spite of some big injuries, the team was showing that it had promise and it had talent and they wanted to play for their coach. And so maybe he could figure it out. It wasn't ever going to probably be a mastermind, but he could... Probably be a a decent head coach. Or we could at least make a run for it and not be an embarrassment. But then the 49ers game was ridiculous. And last week was just infuriating. I mean, I don't really get angry over coaching decisions the way most of you do. But I couldn't watch the game for a variety of reasons. So I was watching that Mile High Report Twitter as it was going play by play. When I saw, you know, fourth and one... And the score's 17 to 13, and the next tweet I see is 17 to 16. I threw my phone across the room and, like, we did not just fucking go for a field goal, did we? And sure enough, that's what we did. Whatever Elway's ultimate plan was, I don't think he was thinking from the beginning, let me, you know, spite Joe Ellis. But I'm sure in the middle of the season, part of keeping Vance might have been just because, yeah, I'll show you, this was your move. You didn't let me do what I wanted to do, so here we go. We're going to ride this out. I almost wonder
1: if, rather than going for the tie, Vance <laughs> was like, you know what, we're going to lose this. Let's go for the not a really bad loss. Like a one-point loss is better than... Quarter <laughs> ah, cor- loaf? <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a it, like we, we, like hey, no-loaf hey, hey, game. Like funny story. Vance Joseph's no-loaf game. Uh,
0: funny story here. I have so little faith in Bill Musgrave that on that fourth and one, I was like, just kick the freaking field goal. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) I mean, there's two sides to this coin, okay? I mean, yeah... percentages say go for it but i'm so fed up with the play calling i just just kick the freaking field goal see if we can get another one before the end of the game because i the, was
2: just that's the thing though the person I, I wasn't even thinking about the percentages you know screw the percentages because honestly i would have thought this the percentages might tell you to do exactly what we did because it's safe you get the points but you have to have confidence number one that your defense can can keep the Browns who had been driving quite a bit during the game from scoring. And they did that. And I would have had far more confidence in my defense than I did in the offense. And then you have to assume that the offense can drive down with, you know, probably a minute to go and get into field goal range and kick a field goal. And I wouldn't have had confidence in that. As it turns out, they couldn't do that. And that was probably a lot of, you know, Musgraves play calling, but I would be thinking if I'm Vance Joseph and I'm on that sideline with four minutes to go and I'm on the six freaking yard line and it's fourth and one and we just call the pathetic third down play, I'd be like, my boss is John freaking Elway, the guy who has beaten the Browns by gutsy, miraculous plays two times. (laughs) I am not about to wimp out of this and go for a field goal and hope to maybe possibly down the road have a chance to kick another field goal and win. It was just I I would just think you can't do that if you're playing on John Elway's team. You have to think differently.
1: You know, I would have liked to see Philip Lindsay run up the middle for a loss of 3. just like the rest. Of <laughs> I I'll be honest, like unlike the rest of uh, of Broncos country, I was a little surprised. I was surprised by the reaction about kicking the field goal like the, I'm kind of like Tim. Like you, you kind of have to go for the points because we
0: they ain't are not scored a touchdown. Good. And,
1: and you know you got to put it in the defense's hand. But I mean, yeah, everyone was injured. But I, I mean, it's
2: like, but you also have to expect I mean, your I mean, offense it, 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 to drive again. The you don't it's get terrible. down to the six yard line very often. I would have been like, our offense hardly ever gets in the red zone. Let's take advantage of this. Let's we can get one yard. We got one yard in the last two plays. We can get one more yard to at least have four more downs and try I'm and get I'm surprised when they got
1: to the six yard line, the whole team didn't just sprint to the end zone for one of those like celebration, like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're like, We're on the six, yo. This is dope.
0: <laughs> I mean, it was kind of dope, and then they kicked the field goal, so. Yeah. <sighs> well, back to John Elway and the Mike Shanahan thing, you know, it all fits in, because if you look at how Elway approached the offseason, he did the best he could to set this team up for success. He had a great draft class. He brought in Case, Keenan, who was, Case Keenum, who was the, probably the best available tier six quarterback <laughs> on the market, and, you know... it. If he had gotten Mike Shanahan, he would have gotten Kirk Cousins. He would have gotten the great draft class. Gary Kubiak probably would have become office co- offensive coordinator, if you really think about it. That was all lined up to happen. And Joe Ellis screwed the pooch. I mean, think about Mike Mike Shanahan. Yeah, he's a retread, blah, 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 blah. But he brought, when it comes to running the freaking football, How many people you trust to devise a scheme that's going to be run heavy? And Kirk Cousins behind a run heavy offense? He is a franchise quarterback. With Philip Lindsay. Exactly. Jesus, that would have been freaking incredible.
1: It may not have been successful, but it would have been more watchable than than whatever this this gestures wildly. Whatever this was. Okay.
0: Mike Shanahan wouldn't have lost the Texans game or the Browns game.
2: Those are the things that, Vance Joseph has never had that that ability to really understand the in-game decisions, the crucial ones, the ones that, you know, when it comes down to it, you have to make a split second decision about what to do for your team to give them the best chance to win. And he screws that up. Well, and
1: he doesn't have the like, Burn a hole through your soul, like intensity, like the look on the sideline, like like you look at Mark Shanahan, like it's those eyes, like they, like they get so close together, it's like lasers. And then <laughs> and there are other coaches who have it, like Harbaugh has it, and and Mike Tomlin has it, and and you you look at Vance Joseph, and it's like his eyes are crossed, and and he, and, and his tongue is sticking out.
0: <laughs> I, I get you. I, even I get nervous when I see. Guy, those kind of coaches on the sideline glaring at somebody. It's like, oh, man, is my room clean? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. good. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. He, never <laughs> once have you seen the, like, I I will melt your soul look from Vance Joseph.
0: I get the, oh, come on, man. And then that's just, like, open season of, like, keep messing up.
1: <laughs> Golly, I thought we was friends. <laughs> it's going to be over. And, and you know, let, I mean, let's all take a moment. And uh, and that's it. 2018 is pretty much in the books. Uh,
2: except we have the Raiders game coming up. You know what? John Elway should bring Mike Shanahan in just for the Raiders game. How Ooh, great would booth. that be?
0: In the booth?
2: No, on the field. Fire fans, Joseph. Bring Shanahan in for one game because if there's one person who hates the Raiders more than just Broncos country fans, it is Mike Shanahan. <laughs>
1: that would be what a way to close out. I mean the greatest game, or Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, or whatever they call it now. For the final game, just bring back Mike Shanahan. uh, Have
0: either of you been to that stadium? Yes, yes. Oh, it is the worst place on earth. Terrible. I had the worst experience there. Jay Cutler beat them. Jay Cutler beat them forty-two to fourteen on Monday Night Football, and it was like a third-world country in the parking lot. I've never been more scared in my did, life. Uh,
1: Eddie Royal beat D'Angelo Hall time and time again.
0: Dude, they, I don't know. They scored so many touchdowns, I lost track. I was I was drunk too, so I don't, well, know. I don't remember.
2: I was there in a game when the Broncos barely won, like they usually do. Where the Raiders were basically winning the whole game. It was a Jake Plummer team, and they came back at the end. They won by like a point or a field goal or just a last-second score or something. Even though they played terrible the whole game. And they won, yes. and all those Raiders fans were so pissed, and so drunk, <laughs> and so angry at me, and my sister, and my husband, and my brother. <laughs> and the cops actually told us to turn our jackets dangerous. inside out, and to wait, and just wait till the whole stadium emptied before we would leave.
0: Yeah, we had to my wait brother. almost
1: like ten minutes. <laughs>
0: so my my brother is a he was in he was actually training to be a police officer at the time so he had a concealed carry and all that stuff he's a raider fan and after the game he was so worried he was basically running to the car where his gun was you know because he's a cop almost a cop Because he was paranoid because there was so much violence and people were shooting off fireworks, like illegal fireworks, at people. And there was like six cops monitoring the situation. And he's just like, we got to get the hell out of (laughs) here. It was the worst experience I've ever had going to the game. And coincidentally, that's the last time I went to an NFL game. So I'm waiting until I go to Mile High Stadium with my family, 70,000 of my closest friends all wearing orange and i'll enjoy that experience and that's what i'm waiting for
2: you'll love it mile high is the best
0: it is just don't eat the food
2: yeah what's up with that like
1: like i i posted that and in our chat room and i was like oh we're the best and i was like no wait a minute let me look no we're the worst we're the second worst like first of all who wrote this article it's like completely confusing and second of all like what what's Gross. up with the bloody Mary mix? Like it, room temperature? No.
2: Like not healthy.
0: <laughs> Alright, predictions for the game.
1: What do um, you got, Larry?
2: I think in spite of our coach who will probably not who will not call a field goal one single time. He's gonna go on every fourth down now because he's so reactionary. It'll be fourth and fifteen. will be like, go for it.
1: On every fourth down, he's gonna take a knee. <laughs>
0: John Fox doesn't work anymore. Come on now.
1: He's like, I can't go for it on fourth after the 49ers game. I can't kick the field goal after the Browns game. So I, I, I we're just going to punt on third down.
0: He boycotted <laughs> challenges for half the season because he felt the refs should just get it right. Who does that? Who does that? Who boycotts? moral
2: stand. I mean, I... <sighs> no, that's I think that's a little unfair. He didn't say he was boycotting challenges. He just... Didn't he? Didn't feel confident whether he was right or not because I don't know who he's got working in the booth for him. But he need to figure that out. That person has got to be on the money. Challenge this, no. don't challenge that. And he doesn't no. have that guy. But I think he just got totally paranoid I by just, the end and just threw out that flag whatever. I, I think they disagree. outsourced the
1: the, uh, the the replay booth for the Broncos uh, to, to the some opposing shop on Federal.
0: Like, oh.
2: <laughs> it's like, that's right.
1: no. like, ah. he,
0: he said the ref should just get it right and then didn't challenge a single play for eight weeks if that's not a boycott i don't know what is but it was asinine
2: it's not a boycott it's just it's lack of confidence he has no confidence in what he's looking at and what he's and when to call when not to call so he needs to have people who can help him be confident
0: i literally confident would work for, for him, him for free I would work for him for free on the challenges, and I would have been right most of the time because everyone have would have been right. Broadcast.
1: Maybe, maybe outsourcing it <laughs>
2: to the weed shop in Federal is the way to go. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Peyton Manning would get into coaching. Can you imagine that guy as an offensive coordinator on the sideline? Oh,
0: he God, he would challenge every play. He
1: has the dedication that he has. He would be just, like, furious and frustrated. <laughs> he
2: would. <laughs> No, he would be, he would have it all thought out. He would have thought of every possible scenario before the game. So a play would come down and be like, oh yeah, challenge that. Oh yeah, we're going for this. We're going to do this. He would be Could you, on it.
0: Okay. Okay. Could you imagine being the quarterback and getting the call in for, through the headset?
2: Well, you'd have to have a damn big quarterback. Manning, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Omaha, check Charlie, Roger, two, six, five, seven. You're like, what, what, what? and it's a delay of game, five yards, and, uh, you know, it's first and 15.
1: If it's Case Keenum, he's like, no, 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 I only do three things. Uh, We're going to do a check down, (laughs) we're going to do a three yard out, and uh, And and I'm going to get sacked.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Okay, Travis Simeon. But anyway, okay, can we get back to the predictions? What happened? Yeah, yeah, come on. (laughs) Lori, you're – I know, it's because I couldn't decide. (laughs) Just (laughs) go with your gut. Can I do Go well. either
2: or? It's either going to be <laughs> Broncos twenty-one, Raiders twenty, or it's going to be Raiders twenty-one, Broncos twenty.
0: Was I wrong though with the either or? <laughs> yes, I was pretty yeah, of spot course. on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't remember what your score was.
0: It was either going to be a like a very close Browns win or a blowout Broncos twenty, you know, two score win, and uh, you know the Browns won so. I'm not doing it either or this. All
1: right, no What's past, your prediction? Man. You're living in the past. Season's over.
0: Yeah. <laughs> i I. The Raiders are going to win this game. It's going to be. It's going to be ugly for the Broncos. It's going to be probably. The defenses can can continue doing their thing. Top ten against points allowed, but it's still going to be a, probably a twenty-one to thirteen kind of game. And the Broncos are just gonna frustrate and do the same old shit they always do. So, you know.
2: In case Keenum's gonna get up to the podium after the at the press conference and say, Yeah, there are a couple plays I'd like to have back. Shoot, I'm really angry. I'm really angry at myself. I'm I'm mad. pissed. My mom's gonna be mad I said that word.
0: God bless. And I'm all the while Jeff Fisher is just
1: sitting back laughing at us. He's like <laughs>
0: I'm one game better than Vance Joseph with you Case Keenum. <laughs>
1: he's like, he's like, I seen this Case Keenum dude.
0: That's some seven and nine bullshit.
1: <laughs> Hopefully, if if we're lucky, if we're
0: lucky, yeah. now nah, Scotty's gonna be happy. He's gonna get that draft position. He's gonna be all happy that the Broncos lose, like a little punk. Funny
2: side note: The other day, I'm on Orange and Blue Radio, and I spent a whole bunch of time, like, thinking of kind of what things Steve Atwater is going to ask me about the coverage that the Broncos should have on the Browns. And I, you know, did all this film analysis. You know what questions they asked me? It was all about the draft and who we should draft and what I think we should do if, you know, Marquise Brown should he be drafted? I'm like,
0: what? You're the like fuck? who? I don't watch college football. I'm with Laurie.
2: I'm like I'm like, where's Scotty when I need him? And can I have a lifeline? Can I call a friend?
0: <laughs> I
1: I become Speaking a draft expert about three days before the draft. But with regard to like actual players, there's a guy named Herbert and I hear he's good. Keeper. <laughs> what? What? God damn it, Scotty. <laughs> You're supposed to put a pronunciation guide inside our Slack chat room. I thought it was Herbert. All right, Tim, what do you think? Did you, did you give your score prediction already?
0: Yeah. 21-13. <laughs> Raiders. Okay, okay. Where have you I been, man? Well, it
1: was just, uh, you know, you, you, like, buried it in a whole lot of conversation, so I just oh. wanted to, like, illuminate it for a second. You illuminate uh, Okay, here you go. You ready? Uh, it's uh, it's going to be Broncos win 14-10. to 10.
2: Fourteen to ten. Okay. I Good like luck that,
0: with
2: that. Last week was ten to
1: seven. First half. <laughs> I have, I have uh, very little faith in our offense, and actually, one of the touchdowns is a defensive touchdown. So he
0: falls asleep in the second half. That's what happens.
1: I mean, so
2: does our team. Like you're any different?
1: I mean, come on. This it's the 2018 Denver Broncos, Tim.
0: I know. i just just—we're close, though. That we have so much talent. I'm not worried. Like, I'm not a doom and gloom guy when it comes to the future. We just—the Broncos need a a head coach because a head coach can coach you to eight wins. Um, and then you need a quarterback, which could take freaking decades. So we'll see about that one.
2: I, it won't take decades, if, it, but it could take a couple of drafts. <laughs> might, yeah, be, well, might be a ask few the years. the Browns. <laughs> I know.
1: No, no, you must never lose to the Raiders. Like, they're going to be up for this. Like, you can't lose to
0: the Raiders. Hey, hey, Vance Joseph is here to set records, Jess. So just, you know, sit back and enjoy the ride, all right?
1: (laughs) All right, guys. So here's the mystery Mystery. question, this week's mystery question. Last week, the Cleveland Browns uh, and the Denver Broncos squared off, and the Broncos wore their blue uh, jerseys with the white pants. Uh they previously worn their uh color rush jerseys, the all orange pants, all orange jersey with the old school D. In your opinion, what is the greatest uniform in
2: Broncos history? Lori. I'm going to have to go with the the Super Bowl 32 winning uniform, which is the blue jersey and the white pants.
1: Isn't I, <laughs> you have to support your answer. You Isn't that
2: right? Your, why is that?
0: Well, she did. She said Super Bowl Thirty Two winning. That
2: was it.
1: That was it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? I that mean, that's it? pretty
2: convincing. That was the best Super Bowl win we've ever had. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, it, was, it was good. It was all right.
2: It <laughs> was the best.
0: I still get goosebumps thinking about it. So yeah, I agree. I I love the old school D with Color Rush. I don't even care that people hate the Color Rush uniform. Um but if they just brought back the old school D helmet with the current uniforms, I'm fine with that. That that helmet, it doesn't look like the old school actual helmet from the 80s that I remember growing up, which I'm looking at right now on a football pillow that I still sleep with. Oh. <laughs> I've had that bed since I was 10. But uh oh.
2: You know no, what? I no. actually, I'm going to change my answer. I think I'm going to have to go with the old school orange white pants and old school D helmet.
0: Yes. I think, I think it I'm going to have to. It's, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Because
2: it's the orange crush. When you see that, you think orange crush before you, and I think you think of Elway.
0: But the new school orange, not the old school orange. It's just, it's a different orange. I, I don't know why, but it's just. The, the blue on the helmet is different than the blue that was on the 80s helmet, and then the orange is different too. It is. I just like it. I like the modern look to that old, old uniform, and I think they should bring it back in my opinion. What about you, Jess?
1: Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, back in the day – He's like, going to go with the brown
2: he's... and yellow one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yellow one. Yeah, no Vertical Jabbar, stripes! Jabbar, Jabbar Gaffney had a great take on it when he twisted the socks. Like Like why no one thought of that in the early 60s?
0: That was cool, yeah, that would have been next level shit in the sixties, yeah,
1: right <laughs> like yeah, so anyways uh it, you know you'd be hard pressed to find me without any any of the throwback uniforms for me, the best uniform the best jersey anyway is, is are the uh the the mid '60s kind of like they kind of bite the the jet style with like the orange, uh, <sighs> like the blue sleeves, blue and orange with the blue sleeves. Or I mean, I, and I'll be honest, the away uniform is truly perfect: white, blue numbers, and orange sleeves. Like it, there's no, there's no there's no better jersey. There's no better <laughs> Didn't, orange helmet.
2: And do did they LA. have orange pants with that? Uh, the orange
1: pants came. I believe in the early seventies. Actually I Didn't don't know. Did John if Elway
0: play like a game it? in that old ass uniform from the sixties that was blue and white that you're describing? I feel like he did. I distinctly remember watching a game as a kid and I was like, What is this garbage? And they yeah. had like this
1: <laughs> It was it, it was during the NFL's seventy fifth season, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Carl I know Mecklenburg we're... and Steve Atwater, uh, they mm-hmm. both wore it, John Elway.
0: Oh, that was the worst I'm sorry, that was the worst As a as a teenager, I was just like, "This is embarrassing."
1: Well, and it had the cartoon horse on the helmet. Yes, that was probably the worst part. (laughs) Yeah, well, but you think back—you think back into, you know, the Stone Age when they were like completely incompetent, like they are this year. (laughs) They
2: had a—that's the the best they could do—was a cartoon horse. I think that the current uh, logo on the helmet looks good. It looks like it fits with all the modern NFL helmets. But I love the the D with the horse, you know, coming out with smoke coming out of his nose. Yes. That's the I best. That the I, best I agree.
0: It fits with defense and orange crush, and yeah, I love every bit of it. Awesome. Well, I think Gloria and I win, and uh, <laughs> yes. Jess loses here. So that's, you know.
1: As always, feels bad. Jess comes in not first. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up Something Something Broncos It is uh, Lori Lattimore-Volkman Jess Place and Tim Lynch Wishing you a happy holidays And a merry, merry Christmas Merry
0: Christmas
2: Merry Christmas The Raiders is a team that we don't care for
0: Something Something Broncos
1: Lori Lattimore-Volkman Jess Place and Tim Lynch Yes, my master Get involved in the conversation at Milehighreport.com. <laughs> in <In-com-plete.
2: laughs>